Hallelujah. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, I beseech you, the Lord of the harvest, to seek out workers into his harvest. Matthew 9:37-38. Then Jesus said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, I beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Christ-like character of discipleship. Doing what is right to do because it's right to do reflects the inward posture that, that develops one's ability to live righteous even when no one is looking. We're in a season as we move into this move of, of Pentecost that we're going to have to be Christ-like in our discipleship. Hallelujah. Our character in this season must reflect the Christ-like character that Jesus exemplified in the earth as he served mankind. The word character, it is the comprehensive, it is a comprehensive set of traits that make up the intellectual and ethical substance of a person that focuses on the abiding virtues or excellences in a person over time instead of simply looking at individual actions. Your character is the substance of who you are. Your character reflects who and what you are and what you believe, what you stand for, character. It is, the it is the intellectual and ethical substance of a person that focuses on the abiding virtues or excellences in a person over time instead of simply looking at individual actions. Your character is seen in every aspect of your life. Number one, Jesus was a true disciple. Jesus was a disciple of his father. Jesus was a disciple. He was a student of his father's word, of the word of God. At an early age, Jesus was found teaching and learning the scriptures. He was a student of God's word. When we hear that word student, student is someone who's constantly in a place of learning. He was a student of God's Word. He practiced God's Word. He lived God's Word. Luke 6 and 40 says, a pupil is not above his teacher, 
but everyone after he is fully trained will be like his teacher. A pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone after he has been fully trained will be like his teacher. If we want to be likened to the character and the Christ-like character of Jesus, then our discipleship must reflect this. We must sit at the feet of the Father. We must sit at the feet of the Father learning and living out his word. Uh, he, 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 he was a student so much of the word of God that he was able to use the word in his 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness by defending himself and fending off the enemy. Come on now, he used the word to speak back to the enemy in Matthew 4 and 4. And he answered, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The Christ-like character of being a disciple is that we must become students of God's word. Knowing how to use the word, being careful that we do not manipulate the word that only works for us in moments where we want to get out of something. But being a student of the word is that we will obey and live by the word of God. Come on now. Uh, uh, he could have turned the stones into bread, but he said, uh, man shall not live by bread alone. I'm hungry. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm in a place in my life where I, where I need nourishment, but I understand that the word of God does not give me the authority to manipulate myself out of something that God wants me to go through. Come on now. The Word of God is for you to become strong. The Word of God causes you to have a foundation to stand upon. Jesus shows this in his discipleship. Jesus uses the Word of God to instruct and to empower him to do the work. You've already heard it. He used the word of God by empowering his disciples. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you. Number one, Jesus was a true disciple. The, the, the first characteristic of Jesus is that he was a true disciple. <laughs> he was a follower of his father's will, his father's plan. We constantly heard him continually say, I only do what my father has commanded me to do. I, I, I can only say what my father gives me to say. I, I, I can only do what I've seen my father do. Jesus the first characteristic of being a disciple is that you have to be a pupil. A student, a student of God's Word. Not only was he a student and a true disciple to the Word of God, uh, but Jesus was a true disciple and a student of honor towards his Father. <laughs> when you become a true disciple, you learn how to honor. You learn how to give honor 
to that which is greater than you. Jesus does this. He teaches the disciples how to pray. Come on now. Jesus was a student of honor. I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. At an early age, he, he committed himself to honor his Father in heaven. Jesus teaches us the values of honoring his Father. I like what he says in Matthew 22 and 37. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. Well, well. What does it have to do with honor? When you learn to honor something, you honor it with everything that you have. My life, my conversation, my relationships, my commitment. Come on now. My service through my gift and my talents. Come on now. I, I learned how to honor God because I learned how to be a great steward of what he's given me. Come on. Jesus shows us that he honors God and he says and he teaches us that you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Even when there are moments in your life where it seems like things are going wrong. Honor God with all of your heart, all of your spirit, all of your mind. My thoughts will honor him. Come on now, we're, we're in a place as a, a the, the, the Christ-like attitudes and reflections of discipleship. They become students of God's word. And then we become a student of honor. Not only do we become a student of honor, but Jesus was a student of prayer. Disciples learn how to pray. <laughs> Jesus spent most of his time in the earth in prayer. <laughs> most of his time here on the earth was in prayer. In prayer. Student of the word. He shows us how to honor his father in all that he did. But then he shows us that, that, that one of the most important characteristics of his discipleship, of him being a true disciple, was his ability to spend time in prayer. He teaches the disciples how to pray. Matthew 6 and 7 and 8. And when you are praying, I want you to hear this. And when you are praying, do not use vain repetition as the Gentiles do. For they suppose that they will, uh, 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 that, that they will for their many words. So don't be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask. He, he was saying that they, they, they pray because they believe that their words, their language, you can learn how to use good language. If you, if you know how to be very good at speech, you can find the right vocabulary uh, uh, to say. But Jesus was saying that your prayer is not in your vocabulary. Uh, your prayer is not in your degree. Uh, your, your prayer is not in how long you pray and, 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 and the big words that you pray and the expressions and, and all of those things. But, but he says that when you pray, when you pray, don't be like them who pray with vain repetition. That you're only praying because you're afraid. 
You're only praying because it makes you seem as if you're close to God. He says that when you pray, God already knows what you need. So just tell the Lord what you need. You don't have to go around the corner. You don't have to go around the, down the street. You don't have to take a two-hour uh, detour trying to please God. Just simply, Lord, I thank you. Lord, this is my prayer that you will heal the, the unrighteous thoughts of my mind. I'm, I'm going through some things in my life. Jesus says that when you pray, he already knows what you have need of. So when you pray, there is no need to try to trick Jesus as if you're not in need of something, as if, you've, if, if you're not going through something. He says that when you pray, when you pray, Jesus teaches us how our prayers keep us from temptation. He, he was a true disciple in showing us how to avoid the moments of temptation in this season. I, I really want to be honest with you. You're going to have to learn how to pray temptation away from you. You're going to have to learn how to pray when temptation is knocking at your door, when it's knocking and it's speaking into your head. You, you've got to learn how to pray. And he came to his disciples and found them sleeping in Matthew 26, 40 and 41. And he said to Peter, so you could not keep watch with me for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The, the spirit is always willing to pray and to lead you away from temptation, but your flesh is never strong enough uh, 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 to lead itself away from temptation. So Jesus is saying that when you pray, be willing, allow your spirit to be willing enough to pray you away from temptation. Bishop, what do you mean when you say a temptation? Whatever you're tempted by, whatever is tempting you, he says, you've got to pray against that temptation. Come on now. You, you've got to be able to be strong. Jesus was a true disciple in his prayer. I like this. He was a student of the word. Number two, he was a student of in honoring and showing us how to honor his father. Uh, number three, uh, he, he, he was a student of prayer, but then I like this, he was a student of loving people. Jesus' ministry was all about loving those whom he touched. Jesus teaches the disciples the importance of loving one another. John 13, 34. It says this, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. He says it here, uh, uh, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you that you also love one another. By this men, come on now, will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Come on now. Jesus teaches us that, that the only way that we can be known in the earth 
and to be be reflectors as his disciples is that we've got to learn how to love one another. He, he was talking to his disciples, learning how to love each other in the midst of conflict, learning how to love each other in the midst of disagreement, learning how to love one another when it's just not working, learning how to love one another. But then he says, he, he teaches them not only how to love one another, but then he says, you can't just love one another, but you got to love your enemies, Matthew 5 and 44. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Can, can I talk about this love here? Because I think that, that we have watered down um, this loving Jesus to a love that doesn't rebuke, a love that doesn't chastise, a love that doesn't correct, a love that, 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 that just forgives sin and just just let you just go. That's not who Jesus was. Jesus loved us so much that he gave us correction when we were wrong. Come on now. He didn't come to judge. He came to correct that which was ignorant. Come on now. Now, now being ignorant is not that, 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 that you just are just off. You just don't know the right way. You, 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 haven't, you haven't walked into the righteousness of knowledge that is needed for your life. Jesus, and, and we're using this today, and I really want to be careful here. Um, Jesus was, was a student of loving people, but he corrected people as he loved them. Uh, the, 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 the woman, the adulterous woman, he corrected her in love. He said, go and sin no more. Come on now. Uh, uh, the, 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 the lame man, go and sin no more. Whatever your sin might be, sin no more. Jesus loves us enough to say, uh, uh, go get up, do whatever you need to do, but sin no more. The love of Jesus does not exclude him overlooking or pity pattying my sin, my transgressions, the issues of my life. It is the love of a father. Come on now, I've been, I've been reading Proverbs. Come on now. A fool despises wisdom, uh, but the righteous son, come on now, he, he accepts the correction and the chastisement of his father. The folly, come on now of a son brings shame to his father. Brings pain to the one who bore him, his mother. But it is a righteous man who embraces the necklace of wisdom and understanding and righteousness. Being a student of God's word doesn't mean that you're a wimp. Being a true disciple and having these characteristics that we're going to need in this Antioch move that is coming upon our life. We're, we're going to have to be able to stand and be strong that when we're persecuted for being Christians, when we're persecuted for living for God, when we're persecuted, hallelujah, for loving people, but not only love, but we're bringing correction and wisdom through the spirit of love. Come on now have to be careful that we don't be 
so sensitive that we become easily offended because the Lord wants to correct something in your life and you read something in the Word. I mean, Proverbs has been ministering to me every day. Every day. I want to challenge you starting June 1st. I, I want to challenge each and every one of you starting the month of June, our prayer focus every day, every morning, I want you to find time in devotion and read a proverb every day. Take your time. I want to be honest, they're not small chapters. The smallest chapter might be around 20 verses. They generally stop around 35. See, that's what the enemy does to you. Your flesh is not willing when you see, I don't really got all this, but you do. Devote the time. Read the Proverbs because there's wisdom there for you. There is understanding there for you. This is how we become true disciples. We devote ourselves to the Word. For the month of June, I want you to begin to learn how to honor God. Honor Him in your life. Honor Him in your conversations. Honor Him in every part of your life. Every part. And then learn how to pray. Well, Pastor, well, Bishop, I, I, I don't know how to pray and say, pray simply by just saying, Lord, teach me how to talk to you. Just say, Lord, teach me how to talk to you. And, and as you read the Proverbs, just pray over what you read. Lord, deal with the issues of, of folly in my heart. Lord, Lord, you show me that there are some areas in my life that I might be lazy in. And, and because I've been lazy and because I haven't done it, I, uh, my knee becomes uh, held up like an armed man. Forgive me, God. Come on now. When you read the Scripture... Learn how to apply love to the Scripture. See yourself in the Word of God. Don't see anybody else. Oh, that's my mom. No, no, no. Jesus is teaching us that we've got to see ourselves before we can see others. Knowing how to apply God's Word when the enemy comes. That's the reflective moment. When the enemy comes, know how to apply the Word of God. A reflective moment. Number two is honoring the Father reflects my true love for Him. When you honor Him, just honor Him simply by just, Lord, thank you. I'm going to honor you today, and I'm not just going to allow my flesh to go off on the person, Brittany, that's getting on my nerves today. I'm just going to turn around and walk away. I'm going to honor God so much that I'm just not going to be disrupted this week. I'm, I'm not going to be distracted this week. I'm, I'm not going to be stressed out and burdened this week. Uh, I'm going to honor God by just not giving up on my time of devotion. My third reflective moment is prayer is the keeper and the guardian of my heart and my mind. When you pray, this is where the heart and the issues of your life flow out before God. <laughs> don't be afraid to see yourself and allow the issues of your life to flow out before God 
and to allow God to love you enough to bring you and to embrace you. And then lastly, love is the one uniting bond that draws people to Christ. Love. Love. So Father, we lift our hands. And we just simply say, Lord, it's our desire to be Christ-like in our discipleship. Lord, give us the character of a true disciple, one who's a student of the Word, being able to apply it when the enemy comes in like a flood, when the enemy comes to tempt us. Father, grant us the character of honor. A true disciple learns and reflects the honor of his teacher. Father, grant us the ability and the character to pray. To pray against temptation. To pray for those who despitefully use us. Father, in this season, let my prayer be a reflection of the change and the transformation that is taking place in my life. Father, let my prayer not become vain or repetitious to the point that nothing changes in my life. Father, and then allow the character of loving people to be the true reflection of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Father, this is my prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, put your hands together. We love you so much. If you didn't have an opportunity to give on today, I want you to do that. Your tithe, your offering, and your love seat. The 10%, that which belongs to God. Your offering that is above the 10% that allows God to open up the windows where He's going to pour you out a blessing where you won't have room enough to receive. The love seat that you sow into your bishop, into your man of God, it creates an unlimited return that belongs to you and your generation, your seed. At this time, I want to do something here today. <clears throat> we want to do something here today, baby. Do you want to do it or you Thank want you, me Jesus. to do it? I'll start. Uh, Bishop's talked to us today about being a student, being a student of the Word, being a student of prayer, being a student of loving people. Come on back over here. Being a student of loving people. And in order to do that, he, he gave us the illustration of, and gave us the scripture of Jesus doing exactly what he has seen his father do. He did what he was taught. He did what he uh, had seen. We talked about that last week. Parents. 
talk to your children. Uh, watch how you act in front of your children. If you see something in your children that you don't like, possibly check yourself. Talk, teach, because we learn by example. If you look at little children, uh, they learn and they do and they say when they're really young what they see here. So even as Bishop was talking to us, even about how, how he, he, I don't know if you gave the scripture, but how the Lord chastises those that he loves. When he was saying, you know, uh, some of us don't like to be rebuked because, you know, who likes to, to be told no? I'm doing it because I want to do it. So I really don't want you to tell me not to do it. But when the Father loves you, he tells you no. When, look, when I'm cooking in the kitchen and little Chloe sees me go in the oven, she comes running and she wants to go in the oven too. Not realizing I'm using a towel, I'm using a, a, a mat to, to make sure that the heat doesn't burn me. So when I tell her no, she's looking at me like, what? You're doing it. And so one thing we try to do is keep her out of the way or show her what I'm doing. And then I will even go as far as to touch it without my, without the towel and say, ouch, burn. Because I'm trying to show her by example. So just because the spirit might tell you no, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing. He could be trying to save your life, save you from unnecessary hurt, unnecessary distractions, all right? So we are in this season that the Spirit is going to be speaking and He is speaking. And I need us all to remember Bishop said we are reading. Why do we have to be a student of the word? Is because the thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. If I don't become a student of the word, if I don't hide your word in my heart, if I don't go over your word, if I'm not intentional each and every day by allowing and making my flesh to read your word, even though my flesh is not willing, but I'm going to be intentional and allow it, then my, that word will be hidden in my heart. Then when I hear the Spirit speak, I can absolutely trust in the Spirit because I know that He leads and guides me. I know that I can lean to what I hear the Spirit saying, not what I hear my flesh saying, because my flesh will be silenced. Because the Spirit is speaking. The Word is a light unto your feet and a lamp unto your path. God's going to give you grace. I was just at a graduation. And a lady stood up and she said, I wanted to be a preacher, but when I grew up, they didn't let women be preachers. So I took a social worker's job and that's how I preached to people. She went to her granddaughter's graduation in 2016 and she sat there watching her granddaughter 
receive her degree and she started crying and she couldn't stop crying and her son said to her mama why are you crying and she said I, I haven't pleased God and I don't think God is pleased with me and so she decided that she wanted to go back to school she went and got her diploma she went and got her bachelor she went and got and at the age of 82 82 she received her theological doctorate degree. Age is nothing but a number that will limit you sometimes. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for being the amazing gift that you are. And here's a gift for you. Thank you, baby. I love you. You're so pretty today. <laughs> I love you guys.